Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Bring Them Out with your hosts, Joel Richardson and Alan Hill. Hey, everybody, we're here at the Sunnybrook Ballroom inside the Speakeasy for another episode of Bring Them Out. I'm Alan Hill, here with Soul Joel himself, Joel Richardson. Today we have a very special yeah. guest, comedian Brett Druck. Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we got him down here by giving him an afternoon sweet gig. Yeah. <laughs> he gets all the, the cherries. The only way you could convince me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know you want to do a pod, but I, I, I go, well, how do you feel about 30 minutes clean at 145? <laughs> And I think he could read between the lines, but he also said, Matt Jenkins already told me, see you next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's cool to do a half hour in that room because uh, it's like you're doing an hour. You know, you do 30 minutes of jokes, and then there's 30 minutes of them getting the jokes when the sound hits them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a beautiful, beautiful room. I just want to take a picture of this setup where Alan was like, which one of these is the camera? Well, I'm now more confused because there's another possible camera in play. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know why Google's Maps really wants to tell you that you arrived, and it won't it won't go away until you acknowledge that you've arrived. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, I'll send you that picture because just maybe you can put it in the you can edit it in. But perfect. Well, yeah. Alan's yeah. freshly shaved head. <laughs> <laughs> Phillies are playing, but it's game day for him. <laughs> He's a big sports fan. <laughs> I noticed never that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever seen you outside of a jersey. And you won't. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no. It's like a, no. I mean, he's he's not he's not lying. It's a rare occasion. Why, why do you keep doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Is this an innuendo? I don't understand. <laughs> Joe's yeah, like the eyebrows implied innuendo. <laughs> I don't, I don't what what is it that you, no 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 I I wear Eagles jerseys all the time the only time he's yeah ever that's seen... what I thought was but your eyebrows tell a totally different story <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop doing the eyebrows no I was what looking at this? I was looking at Mike this time <laughs> it's still it's confusing for whoever you look at dude oh that's so funny hey, the only time he's ever seen me in a, not an Eagles jersey was the time my band opened up for the Rusted Root guys in the dome back in Rofo and I threw on a uh, a tie dye for the show because it was way too hot wow was that uncomfortable for you. Like a turtle uh, out of its shell? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, felt, I felt awkward yeah. and weird. Short, shorts, obviously, mo- mostly. Not oh, shorts? Rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Rare- the... the, the <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming out. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, no, 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 this, so this is what we do. We talk about the behind the scenes here, and we're doing great. Uh, there's always two shows going on, one for the audience and one for us. But when we were all catching up after the, after the show, a lady walked by, and you're like, no, you're funny. And I didn't want... Yeah. And I, well, it's, it's great to tell somebody they're funny after a show, is the way she said it. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she was like... You were funny. <laughs> so I was like, I don't like how you said that. I think I, I literally said that to her. You did it, but but the, thank goodness the uh, the the band was so loud that I don't think she heard that part on the way to the yeah, bathroom. Right. Well, and also she was probably ninety two. So <laughs> <laughs> even if there was no band, she probably wouldn't hurt me. Good gig. <laughs> I was. I had fun. They had fun. We just did it in a way where if you were watching a recording, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but you got it all on tape. 
I did. I did. I did set up my camera yeah. just so, so I can delete that footage. Yeah. <laughs> you want acapella for a little bit, too. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, well, the acoustics are beautiful for something else. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's fun. It's always weird when you don't have a microphone. It's kind of fun. It feels like you're doing um, like a one-man show or you're doing like, or like maybe an old like late-night show, you know? Um, when you're using your second hand, it, it honestly feels weird. It feels it's it's like a different performance. So it's fun. It's a nice change. But uh, then eventually they were like, "We can't hear you." Right, right, right. right, right. Well, right. that's what I wonder because the acoustics were so good, but some of them already. Yeah, but then it's also it's like, is it the mic? Is it the acoustics? What's better? And then is it also that you wouldn't hear me no matter what, even if the sound was perfect? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. There's a lot of that. A lot of factors. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Dude, we've been friends for so long, man, and yeah, I uh, for a long time. I loved uh, you came out the last time you were here for uh, Dave Attell. Oh, dude, that was so fun. Yeah. But you saw like the the energy when when I mean, obviously everyone was here for Dave Attell, but they heard my intro music and you saw you're like, oh, you're like Joel's the draw too. Oh yeah, yeah, that is cool, man. And like I think I told you about that. I was yeah. like, well, yeah, no, I, I don't even ever think about that until someone else sees right and tells me. So when Joel and I first met, it was like, I mean, when you were just, I heard. Actually, I don't think I, I, I do you want? Do you want me to tell you how I heard about you? Okay, and then sure. you can fill in. So uh, <clears throat> Gina from Broadway Comedy right. Club, she goes, I know you started to manage comics and work with comics. She goes. There's two guys uh, that I want you to be aware of, and one of them I could I, I forget his name, so who cares? Matt Rife. No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, <laughs> you're like ah, I don't know. Let me let me see about this Brett Druck kid. I don't know about that Matt Rife. Yeah, Matt Rife. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a good eye for talent I have, huh? <laughs> Skip. <laughs> Brett. <laughs> uh, so. She said, "She said uh, you gotta you gotta check him out. Um, literally, when he goes into a show, within thirty seconds, applause break. It was like maybe she said two minutes, whatever it was. It was oh, real wow. quick. It's nice of her to lie on my behalf. She was not trying to sell me. <laughs> and, and I had put you on this uh, comedy festival that I, I that I, I ran with uh, Josh Spear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I did that gig with Gino. Yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. That was fun. And then that's how I, I, uh, I met what you Gino? and we started working out. Gino Bascante. Yeah. I, I, only Gino I know. I, I thought it might be him. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember. And also, at that point, I didn't really know how to adapt to crowds. So I had okay material. But uh, I remember I did a few gigs with Gino. Gino was the first person who gave me a guest spot as a comic. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, you just know that I'm a comic. You just let me go on stage. At that point, I was like, yeah. But I remember having to bring people without it being an open mic. Yeah, exactly. Um, It just like made me feel like a comic. But I remember (laughs) because I was funny, but I just didn't have the stage presence yet. And I remember like I would make jokes in the car and Gina would go, but where does it go on stage, Brett? Where does it go when you're on stage? (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Gina was wild. Oh, yeah. Wild, wild man. Yeah. The sweetheart. But he called me up. Gino called me up one time and goes, listen, uh, daddy got a sweet gig. And I I hate to keep saying sweet, but that's those are his words. Mm -hmm. And he goes, let's just move the show. Yankees are out of the playoffs. I, I can't see why people want to want to come at seven. I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm glad you, you landed a sweet gig. I said, but what am I going to do about the people that bought tickets for eight o'clock? I can't just tell them, oh, by the way, can you show up an hour earlier? <laughs> you and, got a sweet gig. Yeah. 
And he was like, uh, no, we can't. I go, I'll get you on the next one, you maniac. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did some gigs with him and Kevin Dombrowski that were just like, I mean, it was nuts. They were like, he's like taking shots and smashing shot glasses on stage. Just like, just, just a, a total nut. Oh, but he, I did, will. he did yeah. that at the Robin's Nest. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and that was like, a, like it's a, it's a. A nice place. People it's also a small. People were probably taking shrapnel. Oh, <laughs> it's dude. a small room. Wow. <laughs> it's a small room. It's like literally like the size of this, like, you know, different, different demand. Like you're here. So everybody's close up. It holds like 50 people. Yeah. And him and Kevin killed a bottle of Jameson and then would take it a shot and at, he would let him slide off and then poof, like a cartoon, except yeah. he was doing it in person. Slide off, smash, break. Probably six shot glasses. And it was like, oh, not only is that aggressive behavior, but we're in a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it like that turned into a, uh, like a five star restaurant. Oh, that's geez. like fine dining. They're having steaks. You know, they got napkins. Like it's a whole thing. And Gino's crushing Jameson. Yeah. And but I didn't realize he did it at other places. I thought that was yeah, a one off. I think I've seen it a couple of times. But <laughs> it's funny, though, because if you saw that, you'd be like, I bet this guy's an asshole off stage. And he's such a nice guy. I know. <laughs> he's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say that. I said this to him when he came down with Kumia uh, over the pandemic, and then we did like a cigar night. Uh, he upset one of my sponsors, but everything's fine. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah. Do you still have that sponsor? No. I. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 I, I gave him free T-shirts and free hoodies, and they renewed. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel th- these. This. I really got to say, I love these couches for podcast. Mm. I love the angle because a lot of times when you're on camera and you don't have anything in front of you, you're like, oh my gut sticking out. But here you're just like, yeah, I'm just comfy, and I can like, I can talk to both of you easily. You were not all in a line, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I couldn't tell if you were being passive aggressive. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it's hard to tell with this voice. <laughs> 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 yeah, Joe always looks fat, so this angle's good for me. <laughs> Did this voice, I mean, it's my internal, internal monologue as well. So sometimes I'm reading an email I wrote. I'm like, what an asshole. But I'm just being sincere in the email. Yeah. But I hear my own voice. I'm like, am I being sarcastic? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, hard to tell. How did I mean this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Would you have, do you have issues with, with, uh, with communication that way, an email? or? Um, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, when I hear my own voice because it can sound sarcastic so many times yeah sometimes i'm reading something that's not sarcastic and the voice in my head makes it sound sarcastic oh, oh. <laughs> like my internal monologue sounds like me yeah so it's like see you later yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> why why am i why did that person say it to me that way <laughs> that's just my voice in my head <laughs> yes yes yeah. dude you're you're uh, an example of uh like like i i started comedy because i wanted to start producing my own shows just for stage time that ended up into soul joel productions and now ultimately soul joel's You've almost done that uh, with your own career, like creating um, reels and videos and created this huge following for yourself and have been able to put together like tours and you've toured out throughout the whole country doing like a small headlining shows. Yeah, yeah. I did a brewery tour for like a year and a half. I did like 120 different wineries and breweries Um, and like all around the country in less than a year. I did. 48 states in eight months it was like wow i oh, mean dude, i was i didn't realize it was 48 That's yeah it was like which ones did you miss I'm gonna uh, take a why in a lot back to you al <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a detour there <laughs> skipped over to the dakotas 
Oh, I stink. Uh, <laughs> don't ask. I mean, what, if, what if that was the case? I was like, oh, yeah, I hit Hawaii and Alaska, yeah, but yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't bother going to Maine. Pennsylvania was inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. I would have booked you. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome yeah so that was i mean i was so sleep deprived and depressed like i would never do that again it was great i got to learn how to headline in like you know just about anywhere yeah yeah i mean these gigs were like i was getting paid garbage and i would have to bring the sound check the people in usually the venue was like they gr- agreed to it and then forgot they agreed to do a show there. Mm. So then, like, they're fighting me on. I'm like, hey, can we move the stage from in front of the bathroom <laughs> to, uh, or not next to this extremely loud refrigerator? Right. And they're like, no. And like, I'm like, can we not have it outdoors? And uh, <laughs> it was always like a fight. Sometimes the venues were great, but it was a lot of that. And so it was just like, I was just like, why am I doing this? Like, you know. Um, but at the same time, I had total autonomy. So, like, because it's my show, I'm like, literally, I'm checking people in, I'm headlining it. I would introduce the show. I'd bring up my my opener, and then uh, I realized after a little while because occasionally people would be talking and stuff because there's a lot of like the guy who runs it would sell tickets on Groupon and stuff like that. And Groupon people are not coming for comedy; they're coming for a deal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so they're not good comedy crowds. No. And so you know, people start talking, and I would like you know I'd be funny about it the first few times and make jokes, acknowledging it. That's when my sarcastic, passive-aggressive works best. <laughs> yeah. Um, of like, get a laugh and also tell you that you're not being appropriate for the show. And if they, you know, usually they shut up. Sometimes they didn't. And then I would go, hey, guys, like, I know I was making jokes, but it's actually really disruptive to the show. And uh, I've explained it in a funny way. But if you guys keep talking, I'm going to have to kick you out. And then they would talk again. And then... The weird thing is that when you're in this position of on stage, you're like, you guys need to leave, and it's just you and your opener, people will feel, because everybody's watching them, like they need to like defensively be like, no, I'm not, you don't tell me what to do. But if you just go, hey, we're going to do a five-minute intermission, which I could do because it's my show. <laughs> I could just do whatever. Why don't you guys refill your drinks and go use the bathroom? And then you walk over to the table and you go, you guys got to go? They just get up and leave. So I would just do that. I would just I would call an intermission wherever I wanted, and then I'd kick people out if they were being disruptive. And it was like, wow, I'll never have that in most shows, you know, like that that kind of autonomy, that total control over a show. So it was like, and if I wanted to do, if the crowd was great and I wanted to do to work on material, I could do an hour and a half. And if they weren't, I'd just do my my forty now, let minutes. Let me ask and get you a question: How did that intermission cool. work, energy-wise, for the show? Uh, it, I think it, it almost, I was expecting it to break up the momentum, but it actually was fine. As long as I was already doing really well, Yeah, it was totally fine. And also sometimes people, when they're coming to a comedy show that's not a comedy venue, they're not like positioning their chairs properly. And they kind of get it after the show started where they don't want to, most of them don't want to disrupt it. So they don't want to re-angle their chair because they don't want to get called out. They don't realize, they want to go get a drink, but like they don't want to get up and get made fun of. So when you go, hey, we're going to do uh, an intermission, they can recalibrate in whatever the way they want. Right. Oh, I want to sit closer there. You know, I want to get two drinks so I, for the rest of the show. So people, what I would lose in momentum, I would gain back in people's like total comfort and just kind of acclimation to the show. Because I, I've, I've always had that where like um, I, I don't think intermission is good. And, and I think like, I think generally it isn't in this situation for these shitty brewery gigs. It was fine. But like, cause raffles, people always want to do raffles. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. It's always after the show. But then people were telling me now that Europe in uh, specifically, I think like London, they do the host is like the headliner. He's like the most important 
or he or she is the most important comic of the show. Mm -hmm. They have two comics. Then the host comes back, says intermission, uh, brings the people back, and then two more comics. But people go to go to the bathroom and refill. And it's they said it's been great. So we had Ed Bassmaster here last week, and he does four different characters. And and so he comes out as himself, and then comes back as four characters. Oh, that's people fun. keep going to the bathroom and come. And, and I thought, oh, this is gonna be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And it was fantastic. The bar yeah. did better than it ever did. Oh, that's the other thing. And I would always do intermission if the bar was easy to work with. If I came in and I was like, hey, can we set up, can I set up a light here? And they were like, oh yeah, whatever you need. I was like, okay, I'm doing an intermission and I'm telling everybody, hey, help these people out, buy drinks. Yeah. And if they were assholes, I was like, no intermission. Yeah. <laughs> no intermission, just go. Because, yeah. I mean, music, do they do it for the music shows? Yeah, there's all, uh, well, it depends on the band. But uh, most bar type shows, like you're talking about, um, intermission for sure. Like my band would do three hour nights. And we would do an hour 20, take 20 off, and then do another hour 20. It played DJ or whatever kind of background yeah, music. Yeah, just whatever their radio is in the in-house in radio or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it would make sense. I wouldn't ever do something during the intermission that isn't, that's on stage that isn't a performance. Right. You know, like raffling tickets. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a total momentum killer. Uh -huh. yeah. But if you establish, hey, hey, when a performer is on stage, it's focus time. And you're establishing those boundaries. Now is when it starts. Now is when it begins. We're going to start again. It's totally fine. And if it's an experienced comic doing it, because when they would come back from intermission, you know, people are still trickling in and stuff. I know how to just go, hey, everybody, you feeling good? You know, I know how to corral them enough. Um, but I think that, that that way that they do in Europe, it's it's a thing that uh, Hofstetter started doing after I opened for him for like a couple of years. Is he started being the first person on stage, and I since then I'm like the most com experienced comic on the show should always be the first person on stage. I think it's a great idea, and it works when you introduce the shows too because you've been doing stand up for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you have that level of comfort, and it, it sets it. But when they put the the least experienced comic first, it sets a weird energy, and it's Point. fine. But it's like the you need the the crowd to trust that they're going to give this emotional attention and it's going to be released and when you have 10 minutes of somebody who doesn't know how to do that properly right. they're like I don't know if I want to give this this emotional attention because right. when it's not released properly it's uncomfortable I've also done that where uh, the headliner brings their own feature and it happened recently and I'm not going to say who it was but brought like a three-legged horse like not not a good feature yeah, and I, I had <laughs> People couldn't focus on the comedy. Cause <laughs> <laughs> that third leg was a, okay. I get it now. It's not. It's not that they were missing the fourth leg. That's <laughs> <laughs> so why you got in the headline and I got into producing. <laughs> did, that, did that joke just bounce off the back of the wall? Oh, no. yeah, and the ball crushed me right in the head. <laughs> But the point is... Aren't you glad you had me on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, st I still have to pay you. <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you find your backpack. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I go, oh my gosh, I, I had hired the host, and I said, if the headliner doesn't bring his own feature, you're going you're gonna to feature. And I knew the, uh, the feature, and the host buried him. Oh, really? Not because he was more experienced, but he's been getting more reps and is more yeah. tight and more confident and connected with the crowd and then brought up. And it's like, oh, how long is the feature doing? <sighs> Too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, we but at least it's sandwiched, you know? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's that's rough. But but yeah, when you can have the most experience go, it just shows the crowd like, hey, listen, somebody who knows what they're doing, yeah, is is on stage now. So I know the show is going to be good at some point, and they're coming back. Yeah, and especially with when it's somebody who's drawing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, too long. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt Jenkins and I will always like, I mean, we've been doing this since we met, like we would on the car rides, we would like talk so much shit on a comic and then there'd be a silence. We go, nice guy though. Yeah, dude, but that's that's not what you want. A con- like, I don't want to hear nice guy dressed properly. Comfort, <laughs> not so, maybe not so. How'd funny. you like the show? Great shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he didn't have a tuxedo, but tuxedo shirt <laughs> still works. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, the, the 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 intermissions and stuff. It, oh it, yeah, it could work. I mean, oh yeah, but if it's somebody who's who's drawing like a, a headliner who has like a huge crowd, it's also Nice because then they're not, they're they not like, they oh, like they're missing part of yeah, the show. They're, they're like, oh, when is the person I came to see coming out? Yeah. It's like, oh, he came out yeah, yeah. and then, and then he's coming back. Yeah. So I'm, I have it. patience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That makes perfect sense. I saw yeah. a neat um, one one time back. Uh, it was at the, the Met in Philly. And um, it was, uh, this is how long ago it was that Nate Bargatze was opening for uh, Mark Marin. Oh, cool. And uh, it was just the two of them. And um, and before, right when the show, started, the lights went out, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, Mark Marin comes on. He doesn't come on the stage, but he came in over the PA, and he started talking. He did like a couple jokes and just kind of like, "Hey, this is how the evening's gonna go." Blah blah blah. Funny, funny, funny. You know, zing zang zoom. Two or three minutes. Boom. Here comes Bargatze, who does twenty five minutes, and then right. Mark Marin does an hour and a half. You know. Yeah, that seems like a good combo because it's like super. Jewy neurotic, and then like not really neurotic at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then back to to Jewy neurotic. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It was a it was a really cool flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red state, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's the best, man. Um, the the, the other way, the other way that was uh bad was um Aunt Mary Pat, the drag queen. Mm-hmm. I first started working with her. I didn't know that she could like headline. Mm-hmm. And I did and friends and I thought she was gonna host, but she's like, No, I'm gonna go last. So I put Tim Crompier and Marion Groden okay. and like two good comics. Yeah. And a lady came in the back. She's like a Karen. She goes, Where's Aunt Mary Pat? Because if she doesn't come on in five minutes, I'm out of here. Oh, wow. So I like you said, it's like they they yeah. came for one reason. They didn't come to have a full show. No. They just wanted to do a meet and greet and see their character on stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting in that way. When I was, before Steve, uh, you know, started doing the thing where he would he would come up, his fans would come out, and they knew him from, like, shutting down hecklers. So I'd be trying to warm them up if they weren't great, and I couldn't do crowd work on them because they wouldn't talk to me. Oh, interesting. I wasn't sure they would go the other way, and they'd go harder no, at you. No, okay, no, okay. no. I mean, occasionally now somebody will... Br- they, they would never themselves, but they'll bring somebody... As Steve says, like, as sacrifice. Because <laughs> oh, they, they know, they're like, this person doesn't know who he is, and they're going to probably get drunk and say something, and I want to watch that. <laughs> um, but, but for the most part, people come, like, and they're just like, oh, we get that this is rude, and he's, that he has plenty of material that he's here to do, and so that's what we're here for. But they are also kind of, they're like, but if it happens, we would love that. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, but none of them come really to, to make it happen. That's cool. Yeah, right. I think there, there was, like, one time where a guy did that, and... Uh, and he just was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. This is definitely going to be online. And then, and then uh, he got kicked out of the show. And uh, he was like, okay, guys, uh, everybody, I want you to comment. I can't wait to see the Portland clip. 
ev on every one of my videos. So that guy keeps uploading it, hoping that he's going to get online. And he, and I'm never going to upload it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what? And that's they awesome. did it for a while. People, people were like, can't wait to see the Portland clip because he knows that guy is refreshing it, being like, when am I going to get it? on his YouTube channel because that's why he came. He came to get on his YouTube channel to heckle him. Wow. Yeah. So, so funny, man. Like, yeah, it's yeah, never coming. <laughs> <laughs> and hold your breath. It's still out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I butchered the story on it. but No, no, yeah, no. Whatever. Um, I liked it. But you yeah. already did 48 states yeah. by yourself. But, and, and when some with him, I mean, obviously a lot. A, yeah, yeah. Well, I had to stop working with that guy. Uh because I mean the gigs were not great, and then other, other no. But reasons. I mean you've done more st uh, states with Steve. I mean, obviously oh there's yeah, not, there's done, not more. I mean, yeah, but it's been like six or seven years that I've been opening for Steve. Um, and like when I had to stop working for this guy who was running the brewery thing, it was like I mean that was that was all my work, um, and I had to I had to part ways. Um, he was like Steve was like oh I got you. He was like I'll fill in your schedule. It was great. It was, it was a, a good good uh, good dude to have. You know, right at the right time. Back. Yeah. Um, he was just like, yeah, what am, you know, my work is yours to turn down is something he's, he said to me. Uh, so he's always been really cool and kind of been like, yeah, man, like he was so happy for me to go off and headline on my own and stuff like that. But then when I was like, yeah, I got to stop working with this guy. He was like, come, come on the road with me. I'd be happy to have you back. Dude, that's amazing. that you yeah. just had it fill in from there. Yeah. 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 He's always been, been really good to me, man. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to talk about what we were talking about before, which is that when you started, oh, yeah, yeah, you were going to open mics with your Soul Joel shirt, and people were like, "This fucking clown! Yeah. <laughs> this is what we came for." <laughs> Go back. Yeah, the floor they, is yours. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the audience wasn't laughing, but the comics in the back were. <laughs> you're like, who does this guy think he is? First of all, white. And yet, second of all. Yes, you're wearing your own your your name on your on your on. You're at an open mic, dude. Um, but uh, Matt and I talked about that all the time. Sorry about that. Uh, is uh, is that people? I was riding. I was riding or dying. Exactly. You committed to it, and it's like, and then now, and I mean, I've seen I've seen comedy club owners before who are like, I want this to be, you know my club and people come out to see me and I'll get back big accent, but I'll host every show and stuff like that. And then eventually Vinny like brand Dino. I don't know. <laughs> Whoever. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it plenty of times all around yeah. the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, sorry, am I, am I fucking with this? Okay, cool. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's not it's not the microphone. It's what I said. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, it's not that. It's over there. Oh god, <laughs> I didn't know where the camera was. Joel, shut up. We'll edit this a post. Oh, we're not. Okay, just uh, have a good night. <laughs> Don't try to kill my career. Uh, yeah, that's true. I should, I, should just, I should just start fucking it up if I if I feel like something I don't want in here. Start saying the N word. Yeah. That's my fault, Michael Richards. <laughs> Wait, we didn't we didn't book Gino. <laughs> yeah, I noticed there's not a lot of glass around here. <laughs> or Jameson. Um, so other other owners. Yeah, and so they do that, and then it's like, well, that didn't really happen, right? But then it's so interesting, like when when we we did a tell it's like every i mean it's packed it's it's yeah. packed uh at this i normally come do your show when it's not a, a headliner who's a draw it's like uh you know like um just a, a very good comic yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. And, and people come out mostly because they're your built-in crowd that yeah. you, you've built but it was interesting because they always cheer when you know you come on stage 
But it's interesting when a tale comes and now it's, it's packed and still they say, Joel, or they just see you come on stage, they hear Bring your music, and everybody goes, like half the crowd is going nuts. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was cool to see like, oh, everybody's making fun of you. And now you did you did what you set out to do. Yeah, it took me 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> but you did it. It's yeah, here, man, it's great. Committed yeah. to the soul, Joel, and it yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah. And now got... it's just me going, look at this fucking clown. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he still returns my phone calls and still gives me work because I enjoy this. <laughs> People are cheering for you. I'm like, no, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd be black. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you guys stopped cheering before I hit the microphone. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dude, that that was like, when I first said that, it was such a... Jarring. No, it was such a game changer for me to have a line like that because I knew when the crowd's not there, right? When they stop applauding before you get to the microphone, it means the energy's not not there for what you want an ideal show. But I, and I knew that for a long time, but I just didn't know how I was like, but how do I fix it? So I try to go high energy and I just wouldn't do it. And eventually I just like said what was on my mind. And I was like, thanks for stopping your applause before I got to the microphone. Yeah. And it was like, they loved that. And I set the tone and I taught them like, Hey, this is how it should be. And then it also is like, it's indicative of kind of my voice, which is a little sarcastic as we established. And it was like, Oh, I've learned how to establish your your energy right off the bat, and yeah, and yeah, it was like that was a huge uh, moment for me in my in my development as a comic is that line specifically. Yeah, that's really interesting. That no, really is. I mean, and it, it helps I think because you're addressing the elephant in the room, and you acknowledge it, and they absolutely. probably realize that and you're like, hey, listen, they realize it on an unconscious level, and that brings it to a conscious level. Yeah, that's 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 brilliant. <laughs> it really um, is. But it, but it's weird because that at that point in my career, I was like obsessed with. Jokes, just jokes. Like, yeah. Get the wording perfect, and that's all that matters. And then everything else is like, you know, I just didn't quite understand the performance aspect of it. And then I learned, I was like, and then when I wanted to learn that, I was like, I didn't know how. I was like, how do I come up with something super clever, you know, quickly on my feet? And it's like, no, no, you just say what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's not about saying the perfect thing. It's about saying it at the right time and the right rhythm. Well, and honestly, that's why I started bringing the comics up. And I, I realize I'm like, I, I love to still host. Yeah. But I got so much going on. I go, I need just to get a host and just do it. Right. You know, so I'm not doing it all the time. Checking people in and running and putting out fires, whatever, yeah. whatever. But I go up and I pump up the, you know, the tires. And what I didn't do this time is introduce the band. So I thought it would have been a little like uh, just slight to the band. If I go, you guys ready for the show? <laughs> <laughs> you guys give us energy, we'll give you energy right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said off camera, though. You guys ready for your afternoon nap? <laughs> Please welcome Brett Trump. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Mr. Tylenol PM. <laughs> hey, he killed with table seven. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They loved it. But, but also, older people aren't the older Dude, people from. It's a new generation. They're like, some of them went to Woodstock. I think that's young people. <laughs> what you just described. <laughs> You're like, some old people aren't old people. They're young people. No. <laughs> no, it's a new I, generation. <laughs> I meant like they're they're now like our parents where like they went right. to Woodstock. They did revolution. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the 55 well, hence, older community. The drugs have caught up to them. Hence, hence the takers <laughs> on the mushroom question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, you, you were just, uh, you weren't putting out feelers, but uh, apparently some audience members yeah. <laughs> wanted to find out if you were just joking. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people will shout out during a show because they're like oh, I want to be funny this guy was definitely looking for a hookup 
Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, you're like, mushrooms aren't legal yet. He goes, but where can I score them? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but you get them. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of farms. Turn over the cow poo and start tasting. <laughs> if you make it till tomorrow, that's your magic mushroom. <laughs> Throw them on some pizza. Funny. They taste like crap. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, one other uh, thing about, real quick, about the oh, hotel yeah. show, if you don't mind. Um, the other angle of that show that was fascinating to me, and I, I'm curious about you as a performer, is that there was somewhere around 20 or 30 comics standing in the back of that dome. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, you didn't know this? No. So how, I mean, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just comics well, I anywhere. Didn't, I didn't know it either. I thought. Oh, you didn't know until after I either? I thought there was a bunch, but then like Steve Rinaldi was like, good show, man. I go, you were there? He goes, yeah. I go, where? Where were you? They like, were all standing in the back of the dome, like, like, yeah, within, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I knew there was like eight to 10, but I, yeah. Dude, it was at was, least 20. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I mean, he's a comics comic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never seen him live, which is why I was like so excited to go. Oh, no that, kidding. I guess, but that was the most nervous I've been doing stand up in a really long time. Oh, I, that, I can and imagine. Five minutes is easy, you know. But yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just, I don't know if I told you this, but, you know, you booked me to do both shows. Yeah. Yeah. And after the first show, uh, you know, I don't even know if he like. I was like, I don't know if he watched my set, but he was like, he was like, you're funny, man. And I was like, oh, I thought he was just saying that. And he was like, if you want, you can do the next show. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I was, no, like, I was, like, I was well, like, thanks so much. I was like, I never thought I was doing that, but awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I didn't know I was on a one show contract. <laughs> um, well, the only thing that I could think of is that the first conversation I ever had with him, which was why I knew I could book you. Because his agents always, um, always like, no, don't book anyone. Oh, really? But the 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 morning, so he had like this flip phone, and he texted me the morning of our first show. It was the first festival, um, of of the twenty 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 twenty. Rofo days. Yeah, Rofo days. And uh, he he texted me. Goes, hey Joel, it's Dave A. Call me. But you could tell the way it was like it was like all like spaced and like like I could tell it was like a flip phone. So I call him up and he goes, uh, hey man, who's on the show tonight? I go, well James Mattern's hosting. Cause he's living with me. I go, Louis Katz, who helped me get him, was featuring. And then he goes, and the guest comic. I go, oh, man, who are you bringing? And he goes, aren't you running a festival? <laughs> he goes, grab one of the comics that's standing in the back and throw him on stage. So I, that's I, so cool with him. I put, yeah, so I put him on. Uh, I put Buddy Harris and Brendan. I split it Oh, nice. that time. So maybe that's what he was thinking. But right. when I introduced him, Brendan, he had only been doing comedy for five years at that point. Right. He goes, oh, man, uh, Brendan, nice to meet you, man. Thanks for doing this. He's like, what? <laughs> Dave just thanked me. Thank yeah. The guy who's been doing it 25, 30 years. Yeah, he's so generous yeah. with feedback. And then uh, weirdly hard to talk to after that. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, there was a few times, like, he said some really nice things to me, unsolicited. Yeah. He was like, because uh, I was just trying to, you know, I don't want to annoy him or anything, just keep my head down. But he was like, after we took the photo on stage, he was like, "He was like, hey, you have really well-constructed jokes. You have some really good material. Wow. And then he was like, do you ever go into the city? And I was like, oh, I used to a lot, but I, I don't. He's like, you should go into the city. And I was like, eh. And he's like, no, I know it's like a pain in the ass and you don't make any money, but you should just do it. And I was like, oh, okay. So why do you? And then he just walked away. <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh he gets it so i don't have a follow-up question uh, i had like five interactions with him like that where i was like oh cool he's engaging with me and as soon as i tried to engage back he's like yeah. bye i got i got my phone out is it uh 212 uh what's the rest of your <laughs> what's the rest of your oh okay okay i'll talk to you later one digit at a time yeah maybe i'll just get it off joel got it okay i'll email you i'll th- 
Instagram. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was so he was so kind. The other thing That's that uh, is like uh, uh, f- like that he's known for is bringing the staff candy. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. And he all oh, and the first time we did it, there everyone was like, "Did he do this because of Halloween?" I go, "No, he always does this. It just happens to be right before Halloween." Oh, interesting. And, and uh, when he gave it to me, he was holding two bags, and I and I just took one. He goes. Joel, but he goes, what's the other one for me? And I, and I just I was like awkwardly goes, everybody stop acting so nervous. I'm like, I just don't want to mess this up. <laughs> and then he goes, make sure you give it to your staff and make sure they know it's from me. I usually just tip. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> candy. Yeah. That's so, that, I mean, yeah, I'd be nervous if somebody was like, take this candy and every, make everybody know it's from me. But I'd be like... <laughs> This has got this has got razor blades well, or cum or no, something in it. I got I got I I'm about to eat all the candy energy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is for sure. I do believe that's the energy that he was picking up on. That he was also. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, listen, fatty. Make sure that no delays. <laughs> and it's funny because it really is a nice touch because while I was sitting in the back with 20 comics watching you and, and Dave and everybody else, uh, some of that towards the end of the night, some of the restaurant staff, you know, they were getting done and they were filtering out. And, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, a couple of them were like, hey, man, did you get the candy? And they're all eating. Their, they're all excited about their little candy bites. Man. Oh, were, really? The whole conversation was priceless. Yeah. I think as an adult, if anybody ever handed me candy and then said it's from a specific person, my hackles would be up. <laughs> I'd be like, now, this- are you a conspiracy theorist? Uh, in that situation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly lived through the 80s uh, uh, candy uh, razor blading incidents. I can tell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but if you want me to know your apples. name, I'm like, that feels like a calling card for a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You I reached down I, to the bottom. <laughs> no, I feel like, uh, I mean, I, I, I got into him for a little while, but it's. I have trouble. I have some pretty bright friends. I have trouble coordinating going to a movie with two of my friends. Right. I'm like the the delusion that you could have all these things in place and nobody really has any evidence of it is just connecting thoughts. I, I feel like most conspiracy theorists are just good creative writers. Right. Where it's like it's so easy to connect ideas. That's how we make jokes. It's like connecting ideas where there is some kind of connection, but you wouldn't get it otherwise. It's a little bit harder because it doesn't have to be funny, but like right. it's it's an easy thing. Our brains are just uh, our pattern association machines, yeah. and so uh, I think it's really easy to forget all the things that aren't connected and just look at what somebody's telling you to connect and and think, oh, then then it's it's there. It's you know, yeah. it all comes down to correlation is not causation. M- Mike actually told that story a couple weeks ago where he uh, how nine yeah. eleven was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me the thumbs up. <laughs> Bingo bango. <laughs> Nailed it. Your thoughts. <laughs> no, he, no, he 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 said uh, on his group text with all of his buddies, they within minutes had had scheduled a date to go to the Phillies game. He's like, who's married? Who's got kids? And he goes, I can't believe within 15 minutes, everyone said yes, and they, they agreed on the date. It's never normally that easy. Oh yeah, because absolutely. like you said, you can't coordinate with two of your friends. Actually, I think his friends did 9/11 now. <laughs> <laughs> no thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, um, dude, I, I want to talk to you before we leave too, too with uh, with uh, Reddit, dude. Yeah, I have tried. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, how did you get viral on Reddit, man? And uh, 
So I I had posted something. Not, not that there's a formula, but oh yeah, no no no. I, I had posted something on Reddit like 2000, maybe 12, that went to the top, and I had been doing stand up for uh, maybe like five years at that point. Okay, maybe yeah. So it's just maybe the four, beginning four or five years. of like social media being popular. Yeah, but it went to the front and it got a ton of views, and it was a very niche joke for nerds about. Uh, about uh, having an ask toolbar installed on your, your but that was like <laughs> you prime. lost me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, when Explain Reddit it was <laughs> surprisingly, you lost the guy that didn't know where the, which one the camera was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you? <laughs> me too, buddy. Is me this too. the camera? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where to look. <laughs> Who could possibly figure this yeah. out? Um, We've never used Mike's phone before. <laughs> Threw me off. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so it was like mostly nerds. They liked it, but then somebody found one of the few clips of standup that I had. Okay, and they were just tearing me apart. Yeah, yeah, they were just tearing me apart. Uh, which I also learned because I, I didn't come back at him combatively. I just went. He was like so mean. He was like, I think this crowd is drunk, and this guy's jokes are just like. Blah, blah. And I was just, Trash. I just, I just wrote, thanks, man. And everybody downvoted him and upvoted me, and I was like, oh, that was a nice lesson, and just like be a human and let people see you as a human and. Uh, but I was like, until I have a tape that I'm really happy with online, I don't want to upload anything again. Because I don't, if it has the potential, you know? Oh, oh so, all right, so it wasn't a meme. It was an actual no, no, video. No, this, is, this was just my first thing. And then 2014, I did a taping called Live at New York Comedy Club. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I have a video online that I, I like. I, this is a good 10 minutes. I'm proud of it. Um, and at the time it was. And so I had heard of this thing called Stand Up Shots which was just pictures of comics and then the words of their joke overlaid on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was great, but the written form doesn't quite get a big portion of stand-up. You know, 93% of the way we communicate is... Is, is it laid out like a, uh, like a Sunday comics? Like, no, it isn't. Like that's, frames? That's part of the reason mine did so well. Because I was like, you don't get the cadence here. You don't get the breakup. You don't get the rhythm. Right. In just one, one single image with the words written out. I broke mine up into nine frames, so I was perfectly getting, because I'd done the joke enough where I was like, I know the beats on this joke, and I broke it up in that way, and nobody had done that on that subreddit, so it went mm. instantly to number one. Wow. And it was a solid joke, too. Um, it wasn't my best joke, but it was a good, well-constructed joke. And you figured out how to present it. And so that, I think, breaking the format of this subreddit that already existed of stand-up shots, and then having a good joke, and I think it wasn't too active for a while, that put me to the top. And then from then on, it was like people would just re-upload it over and over again, usually with my name cut off. And uh, that would uh, – and so it probably like – I would try to – you know, I had to guesstimate on some of the stuff. I would go – you could see the analytics on Imager of, of stuff that you didn't upload of how many views it had. Um, but it probably got about 200 million views. Wow. And uh, it was crazy because at the time I had like maybe like 500 Twitter followers. And then there's somebody would retweet it. It would get like 30,000 retweets. And then just like person after person being like, what's the name of the comedian? And I was just like, me. <laughs> and then people wouldn't even believe it. They were like, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, it is. Because they'd be like, this guy only has 500 followers. I'm like, because my name's cut off. Right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. So I, that, that, like, that, uh, I don't know, that, that just, like, insanity of, like, my thing is so popular and nobody, I'm not benefiting from it, Wild. you know? It, it drove me insane enough to that I really like was like, I need to learn social media. I'm not doing, you know, 
open mics. I'm not doing shitty shows. Like I'm going to spend that time learning social media because this is, this is, this is the way to actually build an audience. And so I committed to it like really hard for the next like two or three years. Um, and eventually that, you know, it did, I was able to get out of my day job and, and I got on TV and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was like that thing went viral and then all the people like taking it and then doing way better with it than me, uh, drove me nuts enough that I was like, I have to, I have to learn copyright law also, but, uh, and learn about intellectual property, but I have to, I have to find some way to, to like get these people who liked my joke to like connect it to me. And is that, that how you built between that and then like obviously like touring with Steve and touring on your own? Yeah, Steve, I get, I get a little bit media? of a siphon from Steve, but Steve is very, has always been an extremely political comic and I am like almost completely apolitical in my, my comedy. Right. Um, and so the <laughs> asexual, apolitical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very sexual. In my <laughs> Look at that. I shirt. Know, yeah. Some of those old people were yeah. hard or wet after I was done. <laughs> and a lot of that room hadn't been either in years. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of them have been wet. <laughs> I'll just sock them up with that shirt. <laughs> well, that's um, good. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so the, the crossover of like a somebody who is apolitical in their comedy and the people who are drawn to political comedy, those are people who are like, you know, they feel very strongly and they want uh, they want more of a perspective that is informed by, you know, world politics and stuff like that. That's a different demand. The people who like me more are just like, I just want jokes. I just want comedy. Yeah, I want to um, escape that. Yeah, exactly. So the siphon is not as much like, you know, I don't get that much uh, runoff uh, f from him. But I do I do get some, you know, after six years and being in a, a, a bunch of his videos. Um, it's weird, though, like when he will mention me, um, like I'll get way more followers. And people are like, oh, I, I didn't even realize I don't follow you because I just see you in all Steve's videos. So I'm like, and I, I, I took a break from social media after it was like I was burning out. And so they're like, yeah, if I want to see you, it's best for me to follow Steve. Right. Because <laughs> that's where I'll see you, your clips. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fair. So there's also tons of people who like me who are his fans who don't even, like, take the time to, to follow me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been mostly that's, that's been my following. Uh, I'm trying to get back into it because it's a totally different game now. You've got to be on your editing and reels game, and you have to be consistent with it. Um, and also you have to be doing it during the pandemic when TikTok is blowing up, which I, is over. So... Uh, I kind of missed that window. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still, it's always possible. You know, the, the, the internet allows you to connect with people who might like you and build an audience and it, and it always will, you know, but there are definitely bubbles where you can get a lot more out of it. A new thing always comes up to figure out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I remember Twitter like was like Rob Delaney who had done stand up like twice was do doing Kimmel, you know, because he was a hilarious writer and he built a huge following when Twitter was blowing up and then he bombed on Kimmel and uh, people were like, oh, I guess somebody being funny on Twitter doesn't translate to this incredibly hard art form that people spend years, you know, uh, honing their, their chops in. Uh, but there's always that heyday with everything. There's always like a TikTok where people can, a Matt Reif can blow up and, and people can take advantage of it um, when, when it's hot. Uh, there'll be a new thing at some point and I'll either... Threads. I don't think it's going to be threads. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think so. Um, it had a quick cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it'll, there'll be, there'll be other stuff, but there'll always be in between. If you put in the work and you put your stuff out there, people will find you. Yeah, yeah and I wanted to mention, too, uh, the, uh, if you people out there, uh, if you, whether you know Brett or not, um, there's a great uh, highlight reel that's put together called The Best of Brett Druck out there that you can find on YouTube. And, man, is it funny. I mean, Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was like Steve's editor put that together. Just found like a bunch of the, my, my best clips with them. I think there are actually some clips that she missed because I, I, I definitely had other, other good moments, but it has a lot of good moments in there. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's really funny. And I, I forget about them. My memory sucks. So I, I watched it and I was like, damn, I am funny. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and I usually, I'm doing research with this stuff, and usually I find something that's interesting, and if it's 10 minutes long, I watch three minutes of it and make a couple notes. Right. This one, I just watched the whole thing and put my pen down. Oh, cool, man. That's, <laughs> yeah, I was laughing really the whole nice time. Comment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. Check it out. You had, you yeah. had some applause breaks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> May have, or not have been Gina started by the owner. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the attic, <laughs> dude. I've only got a standing ovation twice. Oh, really? Yeah, and one of them was was at the vault. Did I say standing ovation? I'm at applause break. Oh no, no, I was just, I was, oh, thinking, oh, oh, oh. I was, oh. just, I was thinking about. That, I, I was that. like, I was like, is that why you acted like that? I go, I, <laughs> I was being complimentary. <laughs> no, no, no. I know no, you've I, gotten applause breaks. Don't no, be, no, I, don't I, be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a self-loathing dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's a comedian. It makes it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Back to you, Alan. <laughs> so, what were we gonna say? Uh, oh, I've only got a, a standing ovation twice. Yeah. Once was because the comic hosting at the vault bombed so hard that it. And I mean, I had a good set too, but I was like, I. Oh, it was he my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was that like, the vault, the vault sounds very, oh, well, that was my show. Yeah. <laughs> sounds so familiar. Valley Forge Casino. Okay, yes. okay, yeah. right on. Yeah. Uh, and that comic is one of the biggest comics today. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about this. <laughs> okay. I said the other comic that we made. We did right on. <laughs> you just that up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we just talked about this recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, you know what, how I knew he was going to be good, though? He, he and, um, and no, oh, I almost said the other comics name that would have given away. Yeah, yeah. He and his buddy yep, yep, uh, uh, were th there when one wasn't performing. Yeah. And they wanted to hang out afterwards. And it was one of the toughest hangs ever because he was inconsolable about his bomb. He, mm. he knew he bombed and he was shaken by it. Mm. And I was like, that's, those are the comics that become really good. Yeah. Because they just like, yeah, I'm not fun to hang out with after a bomb. He texted but me. He, it'll be in his head until he, he texted gets me the next week. He goes, "When are we doing this again?" <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "After you have the huge draw." <laughs> yeah, and we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. Um, but yeah, I always remember that because uh, I'm like, I, I, yeah, one, I remember him being so inconsolable. Um, but then I also remember like. He did so badly that I got a standing ovation. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even see a set. I just yeah, saw him afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, and that's, that's the problem with, like, he talked about having the newest person as the host. Mm -hmm. right. I, I've told this, and this has gone both ways. I said, listen, if the feature does really well, mm -hmm. just bring... The headliner right up. I said, but if you see a mass exodus, do some time, reset the room. You go. So literally, this happened both times. Two people get up. Uh, the feature does really well. 
and the head, uh, the, the, the host does five minutes. I go, that's not what I told you to do. Yeah. It wasn't a mass exodus. Two people got up. Yeah. You started telling jokes. Then there was a mass ex- exodus. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was a total momentum killer. That was the momentum killer. Right. Then I've seen 20 people go up. And the person's like, you guys ready for your headliner? I'm like, also. <laughs> that's what I said. Now do some time. Reset the room. And the headliner's like, what the? I go, you heard me. Right. Yeah. I told him not to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. But, I mean, hopefully they, you know, they learn from it. Because there's only one way to, to fix it. But it just stinks yeah. for that show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting. I mean, I, I remember being a comic and people explaining things like that to me. Um, and then and then it, it clicking like four years later. Or right. More experience. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> you know, uh, so I have I have sympathy. But it's it's also I mean, there's some comics where you you tell them and they're like, OK, got it. And they don't question why, even if they don't understand, they still do it. Yeah. Um, and then there are some comics who. Yeah, I mean, I always did what I was told, even if I didn't understand why. Right. If you want me to do five minutes, I'll do five minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you, I think your mistake was probably making it their judgment call. Oh, right. You should have hung around and been like, you may or may not do five minutes. Like, wait for me to tell you right before you go up. Right. And if I say, just bring them up, just bring them up. Right. And if I say, do five minutes, do five minutes. Right. Like, it probably should have been, yeah, you, you, you gave them too much responsibility because they don't, they don't understand the dynamics of of the show in general at that point when you're right. a host you just don't you don't get the group psychology you don't get the energy level you don't get the rhythm of it yeah because um, I've also seen comics that are not that tenured get crickets and come off the stage and be like woo <laughs> <laughs> how about it <laughs> yeah I mean, am I right there's two types I feel like there's, there's the comic who bombs really hard empath and, and sociopaths <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And they and they're like, I gotta get better. And yeah. then there's ones who have no idea that they do bad, and their confidence just carries them through. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. blind, yeah. misplaced confidence. That is fascinating yeah. to watch. I mean, no applause break, but they were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You saw me do this, didn't I? <laughs> I think one of the things I said today was, uh, "You guys are having a good time. I can't see it. I can see it on your faces. I can't hear it in my ears, but I can see it on your faces." <laughs> Oh man! Do you have any, any more? Yeah, man. Actually, um, oh, the glasses are on. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is when it gets yeah. serious. Yeah. This, is, this is the sixty minutes portion short, of the interview. Short-term memory's gone, and so is the vision. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got some follow-up questions. I like um, the short-term memory thing. He's, yeah. he, he's like, so how, Reddit. <laughs> Where's the camera again? <laughs> so I want to bring up the Rolling Stone thing, if that's cool. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to say the quote that I read <laughs> in this, and then you can fill in the details. Uh, the quote that he was quoted in Rolling Stone in 2015, I believe it was, as saying, fuck this guy forever. And now you give the background. <laughs> I, I, I like not giving the background. You don't know who the guy is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was about this guy who was going by the Fat Jew on Instagram. I don't oh, yeah, know what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. His name is Josh Ostrovsky. And uh, he was one of many people at that time who were called aggregators, where they would just steal content from other people, cut off their names, and then upload it. And then they would have, you know, it's very easy to cherry pick other people's content. But he's not the one that did it to you on... on uh... No, not that I, I know of. Um, but there were mimic accounts called parody accounts that were exactly like him. Um, and so, but he was getting a lot of positive press from, from like mainstream media. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that drove a lot of people who had been stolen from and and plagiarized insane. Mm -hmm. And I, 
you know, understanding it also under like because I had learned intellectual property rights and uh, how to send DMCA's. I was like all about this and I was on board and I was like, you know, I was I was advocating against him and uh, and this this pattern. And I was trying to educate artists on like what their rights are and how to you know take control, because sometimes I would find a joke and I would be like, I would be like, I would contact them and I would go, hey, you upload this thing without my name. You know, it's got it's got 20,000 retweets. Can you re-upload it with my name on it? And they would be like, go fuck yourself. And I'll be like, okay, if you don't do it, I'm going to file a DMCA because it is my intellectual property and it's going to get taken down. And they would go, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I would do it and then it would take sometimes a week and then it would get taken down because if you file a DMCA and it is your intellectual property, the people who host it, the web server, they're the ones who are legally responsible. Mm. I can't, I could sue them. Facebook, Twitter. Yes, exactly. But I can't sue... I can't see the person who uploaded it. So they're like, we're not even messing. If you send us a DMCA and it looks like it's your stuff, we're taking it down. And so it would get taken down. And then I would get an email back that was like, holy shit, you did it. <laughs> and it came, very occasionally they would be like, oh, sorry, man. And then they would upload it. And they, and they would be like, yeah. And they would promote They'd upload more of my stuff. And that, that was great, but it was very rare because mm-hmm. the culture was, yeah, fuck you. you I, don't, I don't care. I'm going to build my following and I'm going to turn it into brand sponsorships. And this guy was like... The, one of the most public of, of so that. So crazy. I mean, this guy's the fat do, Jew. Man. You think he cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he is, and, and it was like, it wasn't just that he was taking the stuff and cutting people's names off. It was that he was like taking credit for it, like himself. Like he, he got written up in the Wall Street Journal saying, yeah, I just want everybody in the world to know how funny I am. I was like, how funny you are? Because you could take other people's jokes, and it just drove me nuts. So I I started an account called The Fit Jew, where we found the people who he had stolen from, and we would um, and we would we would credit them, and we would just upload content and be like, this joke came from this person. Were you still doing that? I did it for a while. I was I was like I was also it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I was still working a day job too, and I was still doing shows, and I was like, and I'm I'm like trying to get this movement going. And I just Something's couldn't get enough. Give. Yeah, I just couldn't get enough support. I, eventually, I talked to some lawyers, and they were talking about, like, they were explaining some of the, the, the ways that I could actually, like, get a lawsuit against these guys. And it was so complicated. And, I mean, I would have done it, but I just didn't have the resources for it. You'd have to basically, because the, the social media platforms started changing their terms of service to p- protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So anything you upload to their platform, they can they can then claim that anybody else who uses it is a partner and their partners are allowed to use anything that you've uploaded to their platform. Oh, wow. And so they created this protection shield so they didn't have to do it. Eventually the culture, uh, after years of this, like, did change so that now platforms will take that stuff down more and now the culture is that if you, if you take something from somebody else and you upload it, you credit them. Wow. I've, I've noticed that, like, is a huge thing. Now people take stuff, they always tag you and stuff like that so people can find you, which is, is good. I'm glad. I mean, they should just, you know, share your post or whatever, but listen, that's, you know, you cut your losses. Yeah. Um, so That happened. Oh, God, God. Oh, yeah, anyway, so it just became so much, and there was this whole thing I was going to basically have to create content, put it exclusively on my website, and then bait these guys into stealing it. And I was going to have to buy the, the actual copyright for it because copyright law protects you whether you buy a copyright or not as soon as it's published if you write something in a joke a book if you draw it u.s copyright law is great and that you're automatically protected without it but if you want to win a court case and you want to sue for damages you have to actually like buy the copyright protection on it okay. uh, that's my rudimentary understanding um and they they were basically explaining like you have to do that if you want to 
if you want to have a case. And I was like, I don't even have the, I mean, I was so broke. I was like, I don't even have the money to buy, you know, 10 copyrights. The domain. So, yeah, exactly. I was like, I have a, I'm barely paying for my website al alone. So, uh, and I just wasn't quite, I put out some feelers and I just wasn't quite getting the support that I needed from other people. I didn't have anybody to share the load with. And so eventually I just, I just gave it up. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was also like the culture there, it was still really resistant. People would, would, would be like, fuck you, who cares if he stole it? Like some of his like diehard fans. Some people would unfollow him and be like, oh, they're shitty. And then some people would like not understand like, Oh, I shared something without crediting somebody. I'm like, you don't have a million followers. That's fine. Like, you're not. You're it's small potatoes. Yeah. And they would think I was going after. I was going after them. And I'm like, that's that's not it. So, uh, it just became overwhelming. And I and like yeah, like I said, I was still working a day job, so I just had to give it up. Um, but I, you know, I would. I. It, it looks like that effort and a lot of people's other efforts uh, did did change the culture and hopefully a lot of lawsuits uh, changed the platforms. You know, in terms of service and that's a really practices. cool thing, man. Yeah, it was that's cool. no small yeah. feat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just being mentioned in Rolling Stone was really cool. Yeah, and what a quote. Yeah, and it's funny when I if I use it as a yeah, I don't remember saying that. Um, but uh, it's funny when I, I'll use it as like an intro credit because I think it sounds cool. It's like it was mentioned in Rolling Stone. Sometimes the hosts like they'll be like, "This guy is a Rolling Stone." I'm like, "No." <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> and that ex that explains the shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was a good shirt. <laughs> a lot of people said "good shirt" instead of "you were funny." Yeah. <laughs> uh, do uh, our team created uh, a meme? Like I, I created the meme uh, my off Mike's joke about I don't know if you remember the Brazilian that uh, ex convict well convict that was on the run from uh, from jail. He was a murderer. Yeah. So uh, in this area, in this area. He, oh, OK. He was almost like, I'm not up on my Brazilian confidence. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and he was on the run for 13 days. Right. And he was living off watermelon. He was like stealing like sh shirts from like people's like backyard to like escape. He was like only moving at night and then hiding and burying people still hanging their shirts up. Yeah. In Pennsylvania? yeah right, right. Also wild. Right. <laughs> Where's uh, the watermelon he like from? he like. <laughs> He like Spider Man crawled up this uh, wall, like but like uh, like to get out, of, escaped out of it's, a prison. It's it's funny. Oh no, I thought this was like after, not to no. get out of the prison. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like like, uh, like that. Like somebody caught him doing that while he's on the run. He's like, nobody will notice. It's me because of my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers went down on the third play of the season. Like you okay. Know, and and, and uh, the meme was uh, Cal uh, Calavante Cal. Calavante, Mike, How do you help. Calavante was on the run twelve days longer than Aaron Rodgers' season. <laughs> Dude, it went. If I, we had we had seventy thousand likes, like oh, twenty thousand wow. shares. I, I knew it was doing well. But I didn't then, know where it got. That's Dude, awesome. three days later, ended up on the NFL memes. Oh wow! And like they copied it. it was a different meme. They they restructured, they, right. but the same joke. Same picture of Aaron Rodgers, different picture of the criminal. Right. And uh, and then everybody was tagging us. Oh, that's cool. And 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 then, and they and, and I go, thank you so much. It is our meme. And people commented back, good luck getting the NFL to give you credit. I'm like, well, it's not the NFL. Also, it's an NFL meme account. Like, right. It right, had like right. four million thing, but I was like, I didn't realize we had some intellectual rights here. You did. You did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, do, it does. The, the 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 more simple the joke, the more of a gray area it is. Okay. Because uh, wait, wait, I thought it was a very good joke. It wasn't very simple. I, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming out, Dick. I'm looking at the right camera. Your little knock knock joke did fine there. His well, name is Who Cares for Alan Hill. 
Yeah, so <laughs> anyways. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were some, there were some people who hurt this movement of of, of like fighting for uh, against these plagiarists because there was a guy who was like trying to sue uh, these uh, sue Conan because he was like I post these Twitter jokes of like he writes topical jokes all the time and when you're trying to do word economy on topical jokes there's absolutely going to be parallel construction oh, and that yeah. definitely does happen yeah. so I'm saying the the easier it is the the less words in it the, that's what I mean by more simple the the more of a gray area it becomes. It's very hard to also um, copyright a joke specifically because you change one word. If it's verbatim, then then you're then you're 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 good. In my case, it was like the photos were of me, and the, and then they were my photos. I had I you know they belonged to me, um, so I I had you know I had grounds. But uh, you know unless you use your photo that you took specifically and you own, and then somebody's taken it verbatim, it's a lot harder to enforce. Okay. Um, because there be there do become these these gray areas, and I also didn't put like the soldier. Logo I was gonna say on. like oh, you should yeah. put like floating well, soldier head with the eyebrows idiot. up. Also, <laughs> someone cut you out. I cut ourselves out. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of on me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <You're> ah. like, <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I love your shirt. <laughs> Josh is Travis. He's like, I want everybody to know how funny I am. And you're like, I also want everybody to know how funny he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no longer host. He headlines. <laughs> ah. That's great. Um, yeah. So what were we talking about? <laughs> do you have one more question? Oh, sure. I got it. Yep. We'll do, we'll do one more question before we get out of here. Right, Santa? Dude, <laughs> right. By the way, fresh, fresh cut. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey. Oh, I, there's a story about that for another day. Um, you really, with the glasses on, you really do look sick like Santa. <laughs> well, ho, ho, ho. I'd like a PS5. <laughs> How about the uh, Andy Kaufman Award thing? Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was um, – so I used to – when I, I started doing stand-up, you know, regular traditional stand-up, and then I went through a bad breakup, and I was like, I just need to start fresh. Um, and I really – like some of my my biggest like com- like comedy specials that I loved were Zach Galifianakis' mm-hmm. uh, his Comedy Central presents like Love it. I think that's like peak Galifianakis like it, the jokes are good it's he's doing such strange things like having an, a a choir on mm-hmm. uh, to like background jokes he plays piano and tells jokes it was just so fun and then I also loved um, Fight of the Conquerors One Night Stand it's oh, just yeah. like it's like a perfect half hour of comedy. Um, and so my sister gave me a guitar for my birthday. I don't know how to play guitar. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I want to do something new. So I, I was like, what if I take my jokes or I, I start writing jokes that are like, and I, I incorporate this somehow just to, to be unique, Yeah. you know? And I didn't take the time to really learn guitar. So I learned how to play like a chord I made up and maybe one real chord. And, uh, and I would just like sing my jokes badly to this like, maybe two chord progression um and it did really well and it got me into this thing called the andy kaufman award which is his brother and his former manager uh put on this award to celebrate comics who um who embody some of the spirit of of andy kaufman uh whether with their uniqueness or kind of their you know 
given and uh, they're, they're push and pull with the audience of their expectations and what, and like, do I like you? Do I like, but I'm entertained no matter what, like all the elements that, that encapsulated what made him such a dynamic um, entertainer. Yeah. Um, and some comics had some elements, but not others. And, and then they have them all perform in a competition um, in two rounds. And uh, then they, for, I don't know how many years they did this for, but they would declare a winner um uh of it and i was i was a finalist i never won it but some my some good friends of mine won it people i'm, I'm still good friends with um uh, marcus monroe yeah i mean i've never seen when he when he was doing his variety, variety act i never didn't see him getting a standing ovation it's like wow. that act is so good he's still hilarious he, he doesn't he, he doesn't do it anymore but like it was just so he just like, he doesn't do his variety so, act anymore i think he does it occasionally but he's just like he just He's like, I've built up a, an hour of just regular material, and I, I like doing this more. And I also, part of the reason I stopped doing the guitar was I hated having to bring a thing with me. Right. And so imagine having to bring knives and, like, torches and stuff like oh, that. Oh, jeez. It's well, like, okay. yeah, yeah. You're like, I just want to go do Spot at the Cellar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to bring a fucking case. So uh, I think it's like, I, I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a lot. But, yeah, it's, it's just not pragmatic. I didn't even like bringing a guitar and tuning it and, and stuff like that. And I didn't even want to play it, too. So. <laughs> no, Nate, Nate, Nate Bargatze's dad, I don't know if you guys know this, he's one of, like, the top five magicians yeah. in the country. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was like, son... Just worry about being funny so you don't have to travel like I do all the time. Oh, that's sage advice right there, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For those reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't know some... a, I knew he was a magician. I didn't know he was like top five. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He's cool. like, yeah. He's really, yeah, apparently really good. Rated yeah. on the Soul Joel scale. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. These are other people's words, not mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like Giannis with uh, Marisa, or how do you, however you say it. Oh, yeah, the yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And, yeah. you know, he, I mean, he comes back and he does it every now and then still, but it's, you know. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He'll, cool. But only in New York. Sort of yeah, or uh, Miami. My, oh, right, Miami, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah obviously, that's a Closer to Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did that, and uh, that got me, like, a lot of opportunities uh, that I probably wasn't ready for. I got to do... Uh, just for the last festival, Chicago, the, but put on by TBS um, through the Andy Kaufman Award. Wow. Um, and Very that was cool. cool. And that was also one of the reasons I put away the guitars because I realized as when the crowd is with me, they're so with me, but I can't adapt to them. Mm. And uh, so I was like, I want to learn how to do this without this thing between me. I want to connect with the crowd. Could have learned a third chord. <laughs> oh, that's what I should have done. Ah, God damn it! <laughs> I have to start over. You know how long I bombed for? <laughs> Follow Brett Druck and uh, check him out. He'll be here soon. Uh, and uh, you're headline, double headlining with uh, Matt Jenkins right, at Octoreros. Yeah. So uh, to definitely check that out. Souljoels.com. And uh, for Alan Hill, Soul Joel. Thanks for listening to Bring Him Out. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, which one's the camera? Ha 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 ha!